Welcome to the Daily Naked Pair Podcast, brought to you by Rocco Blue, the first ever brand focused on supporting parents with special needs children. Naked Parent Nation is a group of parents with special needs children who are willing to get vulnerable, strip it all down, and take a look at ourselves, our parenting, our family, and our plans to create a life beyond our wildest dreams. Hello, Naked Parent Nation, and welcome to today's episode of the Naked Parent Podcast. My name is Chad Ratliff, and I'm your host. And on today's show, we're going to be sharing an exciting announcement. This is an exclusive show that's introducing something I'm very excited for all the parents in Naked Parent Nation to hear about. But before I introduce you to our guest and this exciting announcement, we'll... Uh, share the Naked Parent Nation preamble, which is that Naked Parent Nation is a worldwide community of parents raising children with all kinds of needs. We come together to share our naked truths, support our fellow parents, and inspire the inner growth that each of us needs to build the life and family of our dreams. For the parents that are struggling, we want you to know that we will love you until you can love yourself. For your children, we pray and send power from our collective group. As we come to understand our divine nature, we realize that there's no need to feel sorry for ourselves, be angry, or feel lack. We come to understand that our feelings of limitation and separation are only in our minds. Through self-realization, we expand our consciousness so that the challenges that perplex us today dissipate one by one until we are able to see and experience gratitude and beauty and everything just as it is. We have the power to create any kind of life we want for ourselves and our families, We do this by living in the naked present moment one day at a time. Esther and Jerry Hicks call it the science of deliberation, and we call it the answer to all of our prayers. So today is different than most days. We are having a guest that we had on the show maybe a few months back, Cricket Barrientos. Thanks for being with us, Cricket. Thank you. Thank you for having us back. Yes. And for the listeners that remember, Cricket is the founder of Sounds of Autism. And after having the conversation that we had, I was so inspired by what Cricket and her organization is doing that I followed up and said, is there a way that myself and Naked Parent Nation can get involved? And that was the birthing place of the announcement that we're going to share with you today. What I want to do on the show is dig into Sounds of Autism so that all of our listeners can hear what the organization is about, what the organization is doing, and the impact it's having on families worldwide at this point. Again, thank you, Cricket, for being here. And can you tell us where Sounds of Autism come from? Yeah, so thank you for having us. In 2011, I was approached by somebody who said that, you know, with your voice and your comfortableness to have conversation with people, that you should utilize that to um, help share the word of autism and raising somebody that has a special needs child with the world. And I was working in the restaurant industry at the time. So I worked about 16 to 18 hours and I was a single mom at that time with two kids, one with autism. And so it wasn't in my wheelhouse to even do something like that. But I thought, well, with social media, I can just start a Facebook page and, and that'll be it. And then as I started sharing my story and just doing the same thing, like telling everybody about my life, I met so many people all over the world that said, you know, we need help. 
So I decided that the word sounds of autism or the description of sounds of autism had many meanings. Um, My son, when he's happy or when he's dealing with stress, he'll flap his arms and pace back and forth and he hums. And so I always ask parents, like, what is your child's sound of autism? You know, we all kind of laugh because we all understand that. But if you don't have a child like that, you know, people will ask, what is your child doing or why does he do that? And when you're out in public and your child starts doing that, you're like, oh, no, you know, I understand, but nobody in the world understands. So they just think, well, maybe he's on drugs or alcohol or he's and as he's growing older, it's all stuff. So it was definitely the name Sounds of Autism was definitely a symbol for us. But it's also I grew up with the Sounds of Music. I love that show and or that that movie and, you know, the storyline and all that kind of stuff. I really felt that with my music background and, you know, writing music, all of my music, you know, translates into a, a message and it's all for whatever reason, Christian related. And so I wanted to make sure that we incorporated the music side of things to bring a voice to autism. That's awesome. I know just as a parent trying to figure out how to be the best dad I can for my kids, I'll find something over here that supports my family, but there's this huge hole and and I feel like I'm failing and I don't know where to go to get that support. And one of the things that stood out for me learning about your organization was you had this Candyland roadmap that seemed to cover from birth to moving out of the, you know, the school system as they age out of the public school system. Can you tell us a little bit more about the Candyland roadmap and who Sounds of Autism is for? Yeah. So when I first started it, Candyland Roadmap, again, wasn't even in the description of what we were doing, but I realized quickly that a lot of parents, especially with technology, they would hand their phone to their child and I would sit in a restaurant and I would know that that kid might have autism or he was showing signs and the parent would be handing the phone and having conversation. It was their time to get away, you know, and husband and wife talking and this baby's playing on this phone. And I'm like, man, he's struggling with sensory and all that kind of stuff. And mom and dad had no idea. And I'm like, how do I tell people? How do I share that? Because people will take that wrong sometimes, or they don't want to hear it. They don't want that diagnosis. And and what right do I have to change that? And so I said the Candyland roadmap, because I want to remind parents that one-on-one interaction at, you know, zero to five, 90% of the brain is being developed during that time. And if you don't focus on your child's development and you don't understand what milestones they should be hitting, you probably won't learn about their disability until kindergarten or first grade, which you've already missed that zero to five. So I always use the analogy of like, when you learn how to golf, if you didn't learn from somebody that was professional or they were good at it, or they knew what they were doing, you probably learned a lot of bad habits. And when a professional would look at what you were doing, they'd probably be like, oh my God, who taught you how to golf? And even if you hit a hole in one, it might be a new style and they might adapt it. But most times they're going to be like, this is why you don't hit a hole in one, you know? And so I want to be able to tell parents and educate them way before. And so we actually go prenatal till the end of life because prenatal is all of our college programs and working with college students and people below college level, high school or anybody in the educational curriculum um, or platforms, because we know that giving them that information, they'll be able to be empowered to see those signs way before, especially if they work with us and they've now built the compassion and empathetic side of this population. Awesome. Is it 2011 or 2013 that you kind of launched in Arizona? So 2011, we launched, and then 2013 is when we announced that we received the 501c3. 
We're a 501c3 or a national recognized organization, but we started in 2011. And I'll be honest with you, when I first started, I come from the business world. I knew nothing about nonprofits. So I put all these people on my board. I never really vetted them. I didn't know who I should have on my board. I just started like saying, okay, you want to help? You're on board. Not realizing later that, you know, you really have to think about that because the people you surround yourselves with, especially your foundation people are super important because, you know, they're going to be with you hopefully a long time and you want to choose the right person. So for the parent that's listening out there, how do they know if it's the right time for them to reach out to Sounds of Autism and see I always say, go with your instincts. If you even question a little bit in your mind that there might be something, always ask, but don't just go with your general practitioner or your pediatricians because they don't always know. And it doesn't just have to be kids. I want to make that real clear because a lot of times parents realize it and they might've gotten a diagnosis of ADHD, which seems to be the first like exhibiting trait that we'll see. And they'll get that diagnosis. A lot of times they'll get put on some type of medication, but the medication's not working, not realizing that autism starts with like an ADHD type of thing, but then it could go into OCD, anxiety, stress, all these other things that are exhibited with autism on top of the developmental delay. And parents don't go and get that next step diagnosis. And so because of that, their child's been known as an ADHD child and they help support that, but there's more to it if they have autism. And a lot of times medicine doesn't work. It actually counteracts the issue. You know, it like it doesn't help it. It makes it worse. And so we share that with families because a lot of times people will be sitting in my audience and I'll be, you know, telling them the story. They'll, I'll say that to them and they're like, Cricket, what do you mean? So my child might have autism. And I'm like, well, I, you know, I'm not a mental health provider, so I don't know the answer, but I can definitely tell you there's a possibility. And so I would definitely look into it because if that's the case, there's some different things that you need to be doing that will help because once that child hits puberty, things could really spiral and you want to be ready for that. Yes. And so we, you know, at least at this point, a pivotal piece of raising a child with special needs is getting a diagnosis. What's the age that you can diagnose someone showing signs of autism? Well, you know, nowadays there's doctors that will go as early as like two, three years old if you see the, you know, typical signs and things like that. But with my son, they did not want to get to give him a diagnosis until six years old. And I didn't really understand that because a lot of the support solutions that you receive with our government in Arizona, it's three years old. You get the best help and it doesn't cost anything. And then when you get to, you know, three to five, you get a little bit more, but you miss some of the good stuff. Right. Mm -hmm. And then when you get to six, you don't get any of that stuff. And now it's like out of pocket expenses. The diagnosis costs money. There's a lot of things. And so I encourage families, if you have that instinctual, you know, thing going on, go with it and see what is the worst case. They say, no, he's fine or she's fine. Great. But it's harder to see in girls. That's the other thing. So you got to be really careful because you might miss it. Their issues tend to take a little longer, but when they start going through like, you know, 10 and 11 years old, that's when they really struggle. And that's a great point. And that's something I always want to stress to the parents out in Naked Parent Nation is to follow your gut and to make that phone call when you get that feeling, because it's easy to sit and talk yourself out of something and like you said, what's the worst that's going to happen? You're going to find out that, no, you don't need to pursue this, that everything's going fine. 
I'm not sure what you have in Arizona. In California, we have these regional centers that support communities and parents with special needs children. And they have a, you know, a few different services that they're plugging in and helping parents get. And a lot of the times they don't tell you all of the services that they have available. They'll just tell you one or two that you need. How does Sounds of Autism compare to an organization like this? So what's exciting to me is that we would refer that, you know, that, that agency, but before those people go there, we can give them a little inside information about how to navigate that system. We go out and we'll vet and really talk and, and learn those resources. And we'll listen to the families. If the families are coming to us and they're like, cricket, they don't tell you this, this, and this. And, you know, that's something that we should have known. Our families are the ones teaching us the things that are good and bad. When we vet resources, we might put somebody on a sheet that says they're great. And then all of a sudden people are coming to me and going, they are not great. This is what happened. But we're not out there to to destroy anybody or give negative publicity. That And we're Christian, right? So our Christian values are that we do the right thing and we treat others the way we want to be treated. I go back and I knock on the door and I say, you know, I'm the founder of Sounds of Autism. I'm here today because I have a family that utilized your service and things didn't go very well. And we would love to be here to help support you. What can we do to help you so that you get better? Because we need you and multiple other resources for our families. And unfortunately, we remove people from this platform. We don't replace them. And if we do replace them, we're starting over again. So why not improve those that can be improved? And I think when they know somebody's watching and there's an accountability factor that's added to that, they're going to do something different because they don't want to be exposed. And with our following, I mean, we've had 11 years to build this thing. People know that there's people watching and that we become that voice. And so it's really to help everybody. That's where our unified responder community comes in, is that we unify everybody, community, you know, at-risk families, responders, and educators. We want to work together, and we call that our ACRE community, right, ACRE, so at-risk community, responders, and educators, because it's not just one person or one entity that's going to make this improvement. We have to change morals and cultural decisions that are being made right now to make this work for our families long-term. Yeah. And one of the things I loved is how intimately you and your team get to know the families and the children. One of the things I've struggled with as a single father is a lot. the services aren't set for single parents. So for example, I would get the same amount of services when my children's mom was involved, but when she's not involved, there's not an increase in support because they're assuming kind of two parents. And I said, well, I can't be there. And they, you know, and in their bylaws, they're like, well, sorry, you know, we don't have a support for that because it's it's stated like this. And so it makes me just feel like these people don't even understand the challenges that I'm facing. You know, Chet, everybody wants to help. When you talk to them, they're all like, oh, I want to help. I want to help. And we love that, right? Because we need help. And some people just have the compassion to serve. But that could be a pro and a con. And so what, again, what we do voice, you know, and bringing the voice is we're very comfortable telling people that if you're going to help, we need to teach you how to help because you don't know. As people are hearing us talking, 
you put them in a situation where everybody's sitting in the room and you're like, okay, so how many of you guys know five words that pertain to the traits of autism? <laughs> and you're talking to law enforcement, you're talking to community, you're talking to educational leaders, even the educators, you would think they would know. They don't know. Mental behavioral health. I have doctoral students coming to me and they, oh my God, cricket, I didn't learn this in a book. And I'm like, yeah, because they give you the general outline, the general scope of what you're going to be doing. But until you get in there and you do hands-on, so a lot of our training methods that we're doing is building muscle memory and we're modifying the program. And so people will say, well, Cricket, where's your outline? Where's your, and I'm like, we don't, we don't have an outline. <laughs> like life doesn't give you an outline. Okay. Well, I think you need to do it. Yeah. They give you milestones and stuff like that, but they don't say, okay, your child is showing this trait. So this is what you have to do. They might give you ideas and suggestions, but what if it doesn't work? They don't say, well, if that doesn't work, modify. I mean, you can modify all day long. So I look at it as, if I teach you to pay attention to your child and learn the things that are working and not and document those things and then share that with other families, then you're taking away some of those hurdles and obstacles. And for me, you know, it took me 35 phone calls to get help for my son when he was going to his breakdown. And parents shouldn't have to go through that. As a matter of fact, they shouldn't have to go through one phone call. It could be something where they call us and we say, hey, who do you think you want to work with or where do you want to go? And we make that phone call. We're sending a family to you. By the time they get there, they already know. I love that. The journey for me has been one where it's easy to isolate and feel alone. And uh, it's great to know that there's other parents out there that are going through some of the same things. But next thing you know, you're with a bunch of parents who have no idea what's the next step to take. And so I love how Sounds of Autism partners with you on that journey and helps us through it. Now, I had the opportunity to meet a lot of people on your team. It was very exciting the other day. And I know Arizona has been your kind of start state. How have you gone about spreading throughout Arizona? How's that working? How has it been in Arizona so far? Yeah. So what's really going to be great for California and all the other states that we end up going to is we're the corporate hub in Arizona, in West Valley, Arizona, to be specific. And we're working with law enforcement. We're working with educators. We're inside the schools. We're talking to parents. We're learning everything we need to do as far as building educational curriculum, how we train, the workforce development pieces, the transition for 17 to 18, independent living. We're learning all that and doing the research and development piece of it. And then we create the curriculum. So once we build all that, then it's really just my job to teach everybody how to implement that. But when we implement, if you just did that as one person, we would take forever to do that. And so what we've decided is when somebody's empowered to do something, even if they don't have an emotional connection to it, they'll re eventually build that emotional connection if they're a kind human being. <laughs> That's what I think. Or, and if they can't help, they'll say, I can't help, but I have somebody for you. And so we decided we're going to start with the college level programs because that's the next generation of parents and that's the next generation of leaders and we're empowering them. So when they go out into society, they can start training. You know how they say you can't train an old dog new tricks? Yeah. We're proving that wrong. And we're showing that that's really not the case, that we're not allowing people to look down at the younger generation. We're actually giving them a reason to come into society as an empowered individual. And to be honest with you, working with all these students and people are like, oh, do you just work with social behavioral psychology? No, we work with everybody, criminology, psychology, sociology, math teachers at special ed, because everybody is going to have some type of encounter 
with the autism population. It's one in 44 in the United States. Eight-year-old mm -hmm. children, they haven't even diagnosed below eight. So that was reported by the CDC this year, and that was based off 2018 statistics from um, research and development that they did. And it's like, okay, so we know it's all growing because the classrooms are growing. Everybody's seeing it. Well, it could be awareness, but it could be other things. We don't know. But we decided we're not going to focus on that. We're going to focus on living with it and learning to unify the community so everybody has the same platform and the safety of that platform. For me, we're going to spread the word through law enforcement, educational leaders, community leaders, all of our college students, ambassadors. I just met with the Chamber of Commerce in Glendale. They have eight, over 850 people with their chamber. And I said, I can't come to these meetings. I don't have time. I'm growing, you know, and, and we don't have time, but I need you to get the message out to the people. So I will pay my fees, but I'm just going to ask you, show my video, show my video to everybody and continue building those relationships for me. And they're like, yeah. And I said, and then when we have our walk, you'll get a little sash and, you know, we'll recognize you and we'll reward you, but people will help the way they can. You just got to ask. That's all. That's awesome. And another thing that was inspiring to me was in that group of people that I met, I mean, it wasn't just other parents. It was chief of police. It was fire chiefs. It's mayors. It's people that have prominent roles in the community that recognize what's going on and that until now, we don't have a solution to support this huge increase in people being born on the spectrum. Yeah. So that's, that's very yeah. exciting. I grew up in the restaurant industry and I, I was hired on my 21st birthday to be a restaurant manager, restaurant tour, I say. My job was to train and develop the next generations and fill restaurants with people that can lead and things like that. And I learned very quickly at 16 years old, many of these kids would come work for me at the host stand and they had no leadership skills whatsoever. And I'm like, how is it being missed in the educational platforms? I don't understand that. Unless they were in a sport or cheerleading or something where they had to use their leadership skills, they weren't ready. And so I started challenging our educational leaders to empower the top 10% of their class to help integrate somebody like my son into the classroom. But instead of the teacher taking on that whole responsibility, as long as there weren't behavioral issues that needed to be addressed, my son didn't have to have an aide next to him and feel uncomfortable that he was different. The people that taught him and learned natural compassion and empathetic responses were the people that were in the leadership roles in the classrooms. And then some other people were like, well, I want to be a leader. Well, that's awesome. And so teachers are always telling me, you know, we have 32 kids in our class and we have, you know, a lot of responsibility. And I'm like, in the restaurant industry, especially when I ran, ran 40,000 square feet restaurants where I had a back door and a front door and I had to manage everything from there to the end, you know, I was one teacher in that building and I had to talk to people. So my attention was on them. So I had to learn to read body language. I knew when something was not going well in the kitchen because I could see people moving around or, and you had to learn. And with this population, it's the same thing. So I educate officers and teachers and everybody peer to peer empowerment and peer to peer training. Number one is going to cost you less money. Your bottom lines go down. Everybody complains. There's no money. Well, take training and put it in your element. Take those dollars and invest it back into your team and Give them extra dollars to help empower those that are at the younger generation. We have 25-year officers that have been doing this forever. And you talk to them, they're like, oh, I've heard this all before. Great. Can you help me? <laughs> I need help. <laughs> if you know everything, come on, join my team. You can be my leader. Because yeah. student to teacher, that peer-to-peer, -peer, I learned that from watching my daughter and my son. My daughter was able to get to the answer much quicker because she didn't put up with the 
excuses with my son. She pushed him. He knows that. And now they have this beautiful relationship. Most siblings may not have, but he does and she does because of that. So I really challenge leaders. And I think that's part of what we're doing, but I have the experience doing that. So it's easy for me to challenge. Yes. As an entrepreneur, I've watched, I've started companies and I've watched companies. There's certain ideas and certain products and certain companies that get momentum and it just takes hold. It's people, it's either the right time and people want what the organization has, you know what I mean? And the power of momentum is pretty amazing. And that's something that I felt with your organization is that there's just this momentum behind it. People are understand the need. They're seeing that the needs being filled. And I heard there's an international country artist that's partnered with Sounds of Autism. Are you allowed to give any details on that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. So we have 16 programs broken into four phases. And when I got to phase two, because phase one is so important to me, and I really want the whole state of Arizona to be done by the end of the year. I was like, how am I going to implement phase two? I don't really have the time. And I write music and I, I don't sing. I'm working on it. But how am I going to get all this information out to the community and do everything else that I'm doing with a five-man team, four-man team? I say that because I have these ambassadors, but they change all the time, right? They get used to us and then they go away and I get a new group. So I'm doing a lot of moving things. I never fear that because I know it's going to come. If you believe in God, you know that he'll take care of those needs that you have and he'll help. He'll help guide because he sees what we're doing. So that said, Bobby Joe Bell came into my life through my music part of my life and my daughter's music part of my life and was introduced to me and he shared his vision and his reason why he um, almost lost his life a year ago, um, has a daughter on the autism spectrum and she was not prepared to lose dad and he wasn't prepared to leave. And on top of that, he didn't have his affairs in order. So if he did leave, it wasn't a good situation. So dad goes into the surgery, comes out, and I think he felt it was a blessing and he wanted to share with the world. So he wrote a song, a line dance in a song. And the song talks about raise your hands to ASD, autism spectrum disorder. And he brought in all these different artists that he met along his path and they all joined him, which I was like, that's unified. Like you just asked people and they did it. Right. And these are people that probably get paid millions of dollars, but he didn't care. And, and they didn't care. They just wanted to do this to bring awareness and very much like the, we are the world back in my day. And so he did this and then he found somebody to create a, a dance and he said, you know what, I'm going to break the, the state record and the world record for line dancing. And he goes, the longest line dance. And we're going to do that with the Guinness Book of World Records, which all of us in our generation know. And he said, I want to do this because I think it will be something that will be fun, but it will bring awareness to something that's a huge, considered the epidemic of the United States and the epidemic of the world that's not being addressed. And I said, oh my gosh. And he goes, and then I want to take the money from that. And I want to create this platform to help everybody. And I was like, well, we have the help piece, right? And we've been doing it for 11 years. So he's like, why would we reinvent that wheel? And so I said, I don't want you to lose your identity because I think it's super important that you stay Raise Your Hands Inc. And they're a foundation. So what they have to do is the way they set theirs up a little bit different. And it, it wasn't intentional either. They wanted to be a 51C3, but they, I guess, clicked the wrong box or something and realized it too late and already paid for it. And I said, well, maybe it was supposed to happen that way. Like, we're not controlling this journey. You know, you just have to like, let it go and let it happen. And so the foundation, he would produce this song, launched out to over 35,000 viewers. Once it gets on Spotify and all that, it'll start making money. And so he said, 100% of the funds need to go to a cause. 
And so he's like, I need 50% for me so I can continue my journey and do my tour and all that. And I'm like, great. He goes, the other 50% goes to your cause and you do all the repair and maintenance for the population that we're serving. I'm like, perfect. So then he's out in the forefront. So I said, okay, so you're basically our PR team. And so we actually spoke yesterday. Our new development is we are working on a social media director and for collaborating and and bringing this awareness, a media director, a vice president or president of his organization, which they already had. And then I just was talking to Tony and I said, Tony, he gets so frustrated sometimes with the music part of the world because he said, everybody's forgetting about the vintage artist and all the people that kind of made this happen for all of us. And we don't appreciate them anymore. We're turning everything digital. And I said, that's kind of the world, right? And he said, but why can't we keep that and make that the celebration of why we exist? And I go, you know, your movement for music is my movement for life. And I said, so it really makes sense. So we're going to do a podcast and he's going to be able to talk about the vintage side of music as a correlation to what's happening in life. He goes, because karaoke now is the checkout centers at at your Safeway or your Jewel or whatever your grocery store is where you don't need a person anymore. You can just go through and scan your own thing. He goes, that's karaoke. You don't need the musician anymore. You could just sing on a microphone. He goes, we're losing things, you know, and he's autistic. So he's really animated about it. And I'm like, then let's bring your voice. That's what we are. That's who we are. And he's an amazing, talented, very underappreciated music artist that needs to be brought to the forefront. And that's really what we're going to do. And Tony will be the beginning of many with that portion of it. So phase two is completely done now with a 30-year music artist that will bring awareness to everything we're doing, which is awesome. That's very exciting. That's so awesome. I noticed that you're piloting a program, your program in Canada, you're um, replicating in Canada. Can you explain kind of how you decided to go international? Yeah. um, On social media, we met James Townen and he was on LinkedIn and he realized at a later age in life in his fifties that I think he's 50. I should be, I should be careful. He might be like late 49, early 50. But he realized that his daughter might have autism, had her diagnosed and realized he did as well. And so that changed his whole life. He quit his job because he knew that he couldn't do that anymore. And he realized why. And he started doing something different. And then he got very involved in the community. He works very closely with Autism Calgary. He brought me a team, including himself, that either supports autism or has autism. And so we're just taking our time, but we're building and we're listening to what's happening in the world through him. And we're not just building our tools to fit just the United States or just Arizona, but we're building tools that will really support all, all over the world and us doing it right. And this is why we're taking so long, I believe is us doing it right. Once we launch, which we did in 2021, it's going to move so quickly. And it really is. And you saw that team the other day, we had two or three people on our call a year and a half ago and look at where we're at now. Amazing. That's so exciting. And one of the reasons I reached out to you after our last show was because I interview hundreds and hundreds of parents and every day, all day, I'm talking to parents about their struggles, the holes, their challenges that they're facing that they have no solution for and trying to deal with it emotionally and feel like enough, be proactive. And that's why I reached out to you because 
your organization was answering a lot of those questions that these parents were having. But the exciting announcement is that Sounds of Autism is expanding to California and that the Naked Parent podcast team is spearheading putting together the Sounds of Autism team for California. Can you share your thoughts on this or or next share your heart on that topic? You know, Chad, we vet and ensure that everybody that we bring on really has the passion to serve. And when I came on your show, I knew just talking to you for the first few seconds that you're probably going to be our lead in California. But I was sitting at home after we had our, our podcast and I'm like, okay, how do I approach this with him? Because he's very busy and he's got a lot going on at home and we, you know, balance life, life balance is very important to me. So I was like, okay, I'm just going to reach out to him and see if he wants to have a meeting. And then you had reached out and I was like, oh my gosh, we're thinking the same thing. What people don't realize in when you look at our entire model, 16 programs, you're like, oh my God, that's a big undertaking. But to be honest with you, with the way that I built this, it really is, as long as you can facilitate working with a lot of parts, moving parts, which I know you'll be fine. You have how many kids? I mean, right? You're, you're yeah. doing dad many times all day long. Yeah. I feel like we're going to be able to mentor you to be able to do this and build your audience and build those people surrounding you. You will probably have more people coming to you than you going to them. And the only thing that I encourage is just make sure your foundation is solid and you have the right people that are going to support you. And if they don't, you have a rule that they can't leave until they give you a replacement. And you're appreciative of that. And we always let people come back if they did a great job, even if they didn't, but they realized they needed to, you know, we'll let them come back. Once you do this, your execution is going to be so much simpler because we've already built everything. You just have to execute. And execution means communication, explaining and educating people how, and then just building that audience. But with our PR team, getting out there and going national, international and, and sharing the word, you'll have Bobby Joe Bell and his band in California to help bring awareness to your team and what you're doing. So we're blessed to have all those things. It's already created. We just met with our media team. He now is with local a local channel in Arizona, Channel 7. And we're working right now together to come up with a game plan of how to strategically implement our media plan so that it does capture every state we work our way into. And we made it a rule that Bobby Joe Bell moves with us. So when we go, he goes. So when we're ready to kind of get launching and we want to do our ribbon cutting, basically, Bobby Joe Bell will be there to celebrate that with you. That's very exciting. And so to the parents out in Naked Parent Nation, if you just have that feeling or that call inside of you to find out more about what's happening, I'm in the process of building the Sounds of Autism team for California, and you might be the right person to help create this team. And I love that your background was in the restaurant industry and that you understand how to create systems and processes to be able to go after. Yeah a big state like California, a big world like this whole world. And so I like that I know the people I need to get around me and the positions that we need to cover. And so it's exciting. So parents, if you want to know more about Sounds of Autism, if you want to get involved, reach out to the show and I'll follow up with you personally. I'm very excited. Yay. Welcome to the team, Chad. We're excited. And we will be doing this in all 
50 states, very much so in internationally as well. So as that happens, your state is next. We will practice and we will make an even better execution for the next state. And then you'll help us do that as well. So we always do teacher, student, student, teacher, right? So peer-to-peer training, and you'll be an expert. A year from now, you'll be speaking the language and uh, you'll be you know, sharing a lot with a lot of people. So thank you for everything you do. And I'm so blessed that we met each other and I can't wait to get started with California. I feel blessed as well. And I appreciate you. I know you're so, so busy and I appreciate you taking the time to jump on the show today and make this announcement. I'm so grateful to be a part of it. And I hope you and your family and the entire Sounds of Autism team have a wonderful day. And I look forward to our next connect with one another. Thank you, Chad. I'll talk to you on our next call. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye Bye-bye. This concludes our show for today, and I'd like to personally thank you for spending the time with us on a topic near and dear to our hearts. If you'd like to be part of the Naked Parent Nation and help us reach those parents that are struggling and overwhelmed, there's no better way to help than by subscribing, rating, and reviewing the show on iTunes. iTunes highlights the shows based on these metrics, And the more the show gets highlighted, the more opportunities people will have to be introduced to the show where they can hear that message of hope or that tip that can change everything. So follow the link in our show notes and we hope to have you back here tomorrow where we'll do it again. From the team here at the Naked Parent Podcast, we wish you the life you've always dreamed of and then some. So long.